Welcome to the Defining Endurance Podcast, a show focused on celebrating the everyday lives of athletes, coaches, and business owners. In this podcast, we break down both the applied science of training and the larger-than-life concepts of how people tackle their lives' biggest goals. We do this by embracing the mental, physical, and emotional demands of what it truly takes to be an endurance athlete. I'm your host, Andrew Simmons. I'm the head coach overseeing adult running programs Lifelong Endurance as well as the head running coach at Peak Performance Running here in Golden, Colorado. Most importantly, I'm a lifelong student of endurance sports, interested in understanding how we can reach our personal athletic potential. I want to thank you for joining me. Now let's dive into this episode. Hi, I'm Lexi Miller, co-host of the Defining Endurance podcast. Welcome to our first official episode. Since it is our first, we decided to sit down and tell you the lifelong endurance origin story. Katie Whitten and Andrew Simmons, co-founders and head coaches, share their journey from working in the corporate world, in finance and engineering, to coaching, and then owning their own business. Along with being in business together, Katie and Andrew are a married couple and discuss how their relationship has shaped the business as well. We are so happy to have you join us for this episode, and we would love to hear what you think. Please call with your questions or comments afterwards, and you might hear yourself on the next episode. The number is 720-432-3412. You are also welcome to leave comments on wherever you listen to this episode or on our Facebook page. Thank you. Let's dive in. Hey there. I want to tell you a little bit more about our curated coaching program here at Lifelong Endurance. Curated coaching is a cost-efficient, run training program designed to work towards your individual goals without the expense of one-to-one coaching. It's simple. Curated coaching costs just $45 a month. You get a training program and training peaks, as well as access to our athletes and coaches page where you can ask questions and get feedback from all of our on-staff coaches. If you're looking for a program that's designed around your zones, your goals, and helps you take a big step forward, look no further than curated coaching from Lifelong Endurance. As a special offer for our listeners, we're offering 25% off your first month of curated coaching by using the code PODCAST at checkout over at lifelongendurance.com. Now let's get back to the show. Katie Whitten and Andrew Simmons. Welcome, Katie and Andrew. Thanks for having us, Lexi. Yeah, this is going to be fun. So to start out, I just want to hear you guys talk a little bit about these two companies. Uh, Let's start off with Lifelong Endurance, and then we'll move into Peak Performance. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, Peak and Lifelong, I think, are both two of our big loves, but Lifelong was kind of that first, uh, you know, I guess, passion project for us. It started originally in 2014, um, and it was truly just one of those, uh, you know, maybe we'll do a little bit of this on the side kind of thing, and, you know, it really started with Katie. I want to wanna go on record uh, with letting the people know that uh, it really started... Um, with Katie, if you want to share a little bit about how, how that originally started, Katie. Yeah, I had started coaching a couple of years prior um, in Michigan, and uh, yeah, it just had been something that I grew very passionate about, and when I moved to Colorado in 2013, I had some athletes still reaching out to me, and then, you know, after a while, you're like, I can't do this, under, you know, I gotta, I gotta make a full business out of this, and so... Uh, we, yeah, we made it. Uh, we made it all happen in 2014. Yeah, and I think you know it originally was the the idea that maybe we'll have a handful of people. I don't think you know we could have ever seen that it it is what it is today. 
Um, you know, we never thought that we'd have staff, um, you know, employees, uh, you know, any, anything like that. I think the it was always meant to be just a side gig. Yeah, yeah a side gig turned, uh, you know, a passion sub- project yeah. slash chaos <laughs> at times. Uh, but all all in a really good way, I think. Um, watching you kind of and seeing how much joy you had coaching athletes and like um really seeing seeing the life that you were giving them and how much joy it also brought you it was something that i i saw and i was like oh i kind of i kind of want a piece of that i kind of want to um see what that's all about and i'd had some great mentors back in michigan um that really um, kind of gave me the confidence, um, but I think where I got the most of my confidence really early on to think like, oh gosh, I think I could do this, was just people that reached out to me and genuinely asked for my help and my advice, even though I wasn't soliciting my services and really just trying to be genuine and curious, which I think is a big part of uh, what, what started lifelong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we definitely will talk more about kind of what brought you to coaching a little bit later on. But yeah. kind of tell us more about what lifelong endurance is for those who might not be on our team. Oh, right on. Yeah, um, you know, it's an endurance coaching company, which I think is unique. Um, you know, there's one half of it that is running um, and adventures, and you know, things that we do on foot. I think the other side is really where where Katie is. She lives in kind of two worlds with strength and try. Yeah, and then we have the triathlon side where we work with people doing their first triathlon working all the way to Ironman at times um and then we also have groups that do strength training at Red Rocks or indoor strength training for adults um so yeah we we cover a wide gamut we have about a hundred plus athletes adult athletes worldwide um and yeah we're we're not here to only serve you know, the, the elite level athletes were here to, to work with people's first time racing ever, people getting just a faster 5k. Um, yeah, I think sometimes people are intimidated by thinking they have to sign up for some crazy thing like an Ironman yeah. <laughs> versus, yeah. I mean, we work with people half marathoners or... Yeah, I think that's the stigma yeah. of coaching in a way. It's, yeah. it's, it's coaching's like stigma in a way that they that if you have a coach, you have to be a certain level of athlete, right? right? It's not like a roller coaster, right? You don't have to be this tall to ride. Like you can be at any ability to have a coach. I think it goes back to our, the, the mission of our business, right? It's on every logo that we have. Coaching a better you is really about being where you are and coming into coaching and having somebody that goes lockstep beside you and, you know, letting you make mistakes when it's necessary to make mistakes. I think the fallacy that mistakes will never happen when you get a coach is, you know, it's about what you learn from them and who's guiding you. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a, that's a big part of our business um, is, is coaching people to the best version of themselves. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's what I love. Yeah. So kind of along the same lines of coaching the best version of yourself, you know, we talk about doing that with adults, but tell us a little bit more about the peak performance side. Yeah, that um, that side was started in 2017. Um, it's a side that we also have a great amount of joy from. Uh, we meet with youth athletes ages 8 to 18, um, and they come from all different you know school districts in the the front range. So it's really fun that we get you know not just one specific group of athletes, um, but we get to to touch a lot of different lives. 
We run on trails on the track. We do strength and conditioning with them a couple days a week. Um, so we get a lot of face-to-face -face interaction, which you don't always get on the, the adult side. So it, it just brings a whole different side of things. Um, so yeah, it's been a great program. We've been able to produce some national champions, some um, people who have gone on to race for Team USA on the youth side for mountain running. Um, and we have this awesome camp up in the mountains of Keystone um, every summer. So really impacting a lot of lives and seeing that direct impact day to day has been really fun. Yeah, I think um, I have to give a give a shout out at least since we're talking about the origins of things uh, to Melody Fairchild. Yeah. Um, you know, as a, as a close friend, um, you know, she reached out to me and said, "Hey, I think this is something that you would be, you know, really really good at," which is a huge compliment to get from anybody, let alone Melody Fairchild. Um, and now I, you know, we coach alongside her. I see her almost every weekend. Yeah. Uh, you know, whether it's on the track or cross country meets, uh, we both have youth programs. Um, but it's been a really cool thing to kind of take the model of deliberate, um, play at the very small youth level and then bring it all the way up to, you know, deliberate practice and watching these athletes, you know, truly be ranked top five in the nation and, and have athletes that are at that level. I think that's also what makes it exciting for kids is they feel like that, you know, they see these friends, these friends at practice that are also accomplishing these amazing things at meets, um, but having represented so many different schools, that's really where it becomes really special because we're not a high school program. Uh, we get to kind of make our own rules, right? We, we can value different things and kind of, uh, you know, do things differently, which I think is what makes Peak really special. Um, you know, the kids get to see every meet as an opportunity, as like a small little family reunion. Um, you know, they get to see the people that they train with, but also the, the excitement there around that training environment is really what's it about. That culture that's created there is so, so special. That's so awesome. So I think, you know, something that makes you guys unique is that you do work with athletes all the way from eight to 70 plus. Yeah. I know that you had an athlete in, your, yeah. uh, in her seventies recently, Katie. Um, so I think it would be interesting to hear kind of how your lives adapted mm -hmm. through sport and kind of how that's been a part of your life. Um, so Katie, I'd like to start with you. Just kind of tell us about, you know, growing up in the sports that you did and how that impacted you. Yeah. Um, so I grew up soccer, dance, softball, playing, playing them all. Um, and then at age 13, I got into basketball because I was uh, six foot two at that time as a female. That, that's quite tall. Um, and it changed everything in terms of confidence for me. I mean, at that size, at that age, you're kind of an outcast because you're so physically different um, that I just was, I was that shy little kid at my mom's, well, not little at that point, but like <laughs> prior to that, I was, I was that shy little kid. I just, I didn't know how to socially interact. I don't think as a kid as much. I was just very quiet and uh, sport changed all of that for me. So ever since then, I've been like, sport has always been a huge part of my life. Um, and I was fortunate enough to have some incredible coaches in high school that really also shaped then again my like coaching trajectory and why I'm interested in this as a profession but yeah that was that was my 
early years and then uh, played Division One basketball in college and then afterwards um, got uh, got into triathlon. I was in Charlotte and doing a hiking club and somebody was like, you're trying to win the hike. I think you need some competitive outlet. <laughs> so I, uh, I did triathlon, I mean, not elite level, but competitively for multiple years, and I uh, got into bike racing and have done tons of runs too, you know, run, running races, but yeah, I've touched a lot of different areas of sport, especially in the endurance world, and yeah, that's kind of the journey to today. And what is your favorite race you've ever done? Go to Andrew. Yeah, we can come back. Um, Yeah, so that sounds like, you know, again, you've kind of had sport throughout your life, and I think that's one of those things that sets you apart as a business owner. Uh, So we'll touch back on that when we go to talking about coaching. But, Andrew, tell me about how sport shaped you. Yeah, I kind of, you know, growing up in in Kalamazoo, um, it wasn't originally what I thought was a, a big sports town, right? Like, I... I did some club AYSO soccer. Um, I, gosh, I can literally remember the name of my first swim coach. Vince Galano was like the first guy. <laughs> no, Vince. Yeah. Um, you know, Vince was my first swim coach, and he was the first one that kind of instilled in me like this idea of like you can go, you can you can swim for a long time. You know, he was the first one that told me like you can do a five hundred, and then I just remember. That was the first time where I saw like the the beginnings of endurance in my life because we did this mile challenge, and he was like, "However long it takes you, do it." And I did like a mile in like twenty nine minutes. And I didn't know if it was good or if it was bad at a young age, right? But I did everything. I mean, my parents put me in everything trying to find some sort of outlet for me. I was the hyperactive, ADHD kid, like. They tried to put me in figure skating. They put me in, like, soccer. Um, I showed no interest in football or hockey or any of those really contact sports. It just wasn't It wasn't who I was as a kid. Like, I was the kid that would be in the soccer field and, like, picking up worms. Because I was like, oh, nature, science, that's where it's at. Like, that's the stuff I loved. I loved that. And so for me, like, I'm a big fisherman, too. So it was... All that kind of came together for me, um, actually, in a, in a surprising sport with wrestling. Um, and I think it was the culture. Uh, my coach, Eric High, actually, like, it was crazy. He kind of followed me all the way through high school. And so he was a kind of a pivotal character there. That's where I learned, like, how to lift weights and, like, how to move my body, not so much with, like, force, but with grace um, you know, he taught us, he had us all do a ballet class, um, as wrestlers, like these are football players. These are the gritty, the hard nosed, like people that like, and then he was like, all right guys, we're going to dance. And I can tell you that every draw in that room, like dropped when that ballet teacher showed up, but it was about learning how to be graceful. Right. And like, yes, it wasn't like standing and doing plies. But it was more like, how do we move? How do we move in sync? How do we predict and read our partner? And so we had to do two or three of these. Uh, and it was kind of a really cool um, a really cool thing to learn. That's like, oh, it's not just the one way of getting something across. So that was kind of a really interesting way for him to get his message across. And for me, I, um, I kind of had a rough patch after wrestling. You know, I got injured. Uh, my junior year, uh, I tore my quadricep um, 
someone was going for a single leg takedown. I went one way, they went another. Things happened. Um, and that was kind of an interesting point in my life. My parents had recently gone through a divorce. My whole support structure was a little kind of shattered there for a while. And I, uh, I think the biggest mistake I made in my early years was leaving a sport. Um, you know, I gained a lot of weight in that time frame, and that was kind of like the second chapter of my life kind of beginning, like, uh, depends on how you look at it, but, uh, gained a lot of weight there and into college, like really put my head down and focused on school, uh, and really didn't care a whole lot about like who I was, um, and like my body image or anything like that until like, you know, I tried to go and keep up with my friends. Uh, you know, whether that was like a game of like football, like pick up football or like Frisbee or stuff like that. Like I just realized that I couldn't keep up anymore and I was really kind of disappointed with where I was. Like there was, I didn't have anything else but school. Um, so really for me it was like then endurance sports kind of entered the picture. Um, you know, literally the moment I can remember is like my dad had a bike and he's like, here, you can take this old Raleigh and, you know, use it to ride around. I was just trying to find something enjoyable to do right around the lake that was by our house. And he's like, we got to pay for a tune-up. And I'm like, fair, right? Free bike, but I have to get a tune-up. And I remember I went to go pick up the bike, and I saw a flyer uh, back when, like, that was actually a thing. Uh, and not, you know, social media or anything. Like, I saw a flyer while I was waiting for my bike to come out of the back of the room, and it was for the Sherman Lake Triathlon. And I kind of told myself, I'm like, dude, you swam a lot as a kid, like, you've got a bike that's freshly tuned up, like, you just gotta figure out how to run, and that was it for me, like, that was, like, whatever reason, that was the spark, that was the moment that, like, did it for me, so I just started training, I already had a gym membership, I had access to a pool, um, so, you know, that was, like, slow twitch back in the early 2000s, um, I graduated high school in 2006, so by, like, 2007, 2008, I'd say, that was really when it picked up for me, my first try uh, in 2009, and then by 2011, I did an Ironman, um, and so, yeah, that was a, uh, you know, a, a pretty quick trajectory, but man, I really dove headfirst into it at that point. That's so great. Um, so then you guys are both, like, kind of established yourselves as athletes. How did you make that transition from being an athlete to being a coach? question. I actually know my race, though. Okay. <laughs> Go for um, it. I have a lot of fun memories from racing in Michigan, um, but the one that I think I have the best memory was uh, Bear Lake Triathlon. It's on the western part of the state, and uh, it was the first race that I won overall female, and I just remember it being like just a highlight. I had somebody who was a family friend watching, and I had no expectation. Like, I... I had been getting top of age group and stuff, but I just, like, it was just, like, a definite defining moment where I was like, oh, I'm actually, like, well-respected locally for, you know, for being a decent athlete in this. So, uh, that, that was my, I think, highlight. That's incredible. Yeah, that definitely sounds like a really gratifying <laughs> moment. Did you have any moments like that, Andrew? Um, man, I, you know, my, my story of getting into triathlon was kind of the story that never happened. That same bike that I had uh, the night before the first try I was supposed to do, um, I ended up like tacoing the back wheel of that bike on my shakeout ride because I read that's what you're supposed to do. And um, so I showed up to the race because I'm like, I gotta understand how these people 
get out of their swimsuits and get into their bike shorts. Like, I literally thought people got naked or something in transition. Like, I had no clue. Um, and so I showed up, and they're like, oh, well, we still have a 5K going on. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'll go do a 5K. And I won my age group. And I had no idea. And, I, like, I went home. Like, I have family photos from this day because my dad was so proud of me. I was so proud of me because I'd never, like, really won anything. I'd never, like, achieved enough in a sport. So let alone winning my age group, you would have thought that I, like, just won the Olympics in my household. Like, it's underneath the American flag. Like, my grandfather's in the photo. Like, this is a proud family moment. Like, it's on our family crest now. I'm kidding. But, like... It was one of those moments where I was just like, yeah, okay, maybe I could do something with this. And I had no idea what small thing I had accomplished with a 24-minute 5K. But not knowing, I was like, I was, I, it was sealed the deal. Yeah. That's so awesome. I love that, that it, you know, it kind of like, not what you expected at all. No. But an awesome day. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, coaching. Uh, though I always love race stories. Like, anytime I can hear about someone's favorite race or, like, yeah. the first time they, like, had that moment, I think is amazing. Um, how do you make that transition? Because not every athlete does. I mean, I think it's it's also part of how we met as a couple. You know, I think that was um, pretty interesting. I think, um, you know, I mean, I don't want to bring up the interview story, but I'm going to bring it up. <laughs> And Katie laughs because she knows exactly what I'm going to say in that, um, you know, growing up in, in Kalamazoo, I was born and raised there. Katie, you came there by way after Elon where you played basketball. Um, you were there for work and you'd gotten pretty ingrained into the local, yes. you know, triathlon community and the Tri-Cats. Um, Katie was vice. Yep, vice president of the local club, yeah. And I remember it was a gym. Gosh. No, it's hot. You're right. Um, we just had a bunch of people that are saying, like, we need a president, we need a president, we need a president. And I turned it away, like, three times. And finally, uh, Rob Lilly had just said, like, I think this would be a good fit for you. Um, and Jim Mishler also um, had, had encouraged me to do it. And so I said, all right, fine, I'll take the interview. And this was before things were easy on, on phone conferencing. I dialed in on the wrong number. And I was just sitting there waiting. I'm like, God, these guys are late. And then I was like, you know what, maybe I'll call back and kind of like recall me. Maybe that's what it was. Realized I had dialed the wrong number. And, uh, yeah, Katie will always remind me that I was late to that phone call. Because I liked to be on time for everything. <laughs> that's who you are. That's who I am. But, yeah, I mean, I, I guess it was good because I got the job. Um, and that was really when I think we started to kind of like grow that club from a small thing of like light organization to making it something bigger, but that's also when I just made excuses to see you. <laughs> and that's really kind of how our story began together, is that we first started as kind of partners in a 501c3 nonprofit uh, called the Tri-Cats. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I don't know if you have anything to add in that direction. Yeah, I mean, I, I, what drew me to coaching personally is that I had hired a coach immediately when I decided I wanted to do my first triathlon. I didn't trust that. I mean, first of all, I didn't know how to swim laps. Like I knew how to swim to survive, but I didn't, the first day I didn't even know how to put on my swim cap. <laughs> so I was a little lost and she was like, swim down and back. I was like, I can't make it. <laughs> um, but I, uh, I had always looked at the coach's job and lifestyle that a lot of them seem to have and always like been a little envious of it. And so 
I had an incredible coach, Mark Olson, in Michigan, and him and his business partner, Cheryl, um, really just approached me about coaching. They said I had a good personality for it, and I was always inquisitive about what we were doing and why we were doing it, and they just thought I could be uh, a great coach, so I owe a lot to them. I get a lot of my coaching philosophies from what I learned in those initial days and years with them, and so... That's how I got into it initially. And you were in corporate. Yeah, I was in corporate accounting and finance for years, but I transitioned from doing that full-time to full-time working with Mark and Cheryl for a year. So, yeah, they uh, they were the one that sparked. The belief from them was really what sparked, and then they were able to get athletes to, to sign on to work with me, and then my confidence grew in that. So yeah. That's how my transition yeah, I think for me it was um, being approached by Rob. You know, Rob Rob Lilly um, was a great mentor, but also I I just tend to that when I'm in something, I really kind of glom onto it and really try to kind of soak it all up. And I just watched him grow his business and grow himself locally there um, through Gazelle Sports initially as the as the manager there, and then he started to host workouts, and then there was a handful of us that. You know, he'd come out and support at workouts. And I was like, oh, I guess this is how coaching works. And, like, I mean, I paid the guy, I think at first when I was in college, like 40 bucks a month, which is nothing uh, for as much hard work as he put in. But then eventually we got that number up. And it really showed me that, you know, you can you can increase your wage as a, as a coach. And, like, like you mentioned, kind of the, the lifestyle of it I saw was – was really interesting to me. I never saw myself even being coached that I'd ever be a coach, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Like I never saw myself in his role. I always saw myself being coached though, because I've always found the value of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for me, the, the transition to coaching though, um, just kind of came when people would take my advice and like, yeah, that helped. And I was like, okay, I guess. <laughs> you know, it, it wasn't like a, there wasn't such a, a lightning bolt of definition. Like there was finding this, the endurance sport side of things. It was just kind of this natural transition because I also was in corporate yeah. and I wasn't digging it. Yeah. He's like, if she can do it, I can do it. That's how it happened for him. <laughs> yeah, right. In case you haven't caught on, they are a married couple. So we, we just have to deal with a little bit of, of their married couple sass. Um, so kind of how you guys had those defining moments in racing. What were those defining moments in coaching? And of course, I'm sure you've had so many because both of you have worked with Lots of athletes and lots of really successful athletes, but what were those moments that made you be like, yeah, I made the right decision to leave corporate? Yeah, that tipping point conversation, I think, is like such a gut check. For those that that want the true, honest, honest opinion in this, I actually had, um, I was right-sized from a job, basically, like they were restructuring the company and they said, hey, you can reapply for your own job. And I was like... No, thanks. Like I've been on my, this was my only my third corporate job, but I'd been kind of riding this train of like constantly changing company structures and we're changing your title to this. And then it's this compensation schedule and kind of had enough of it. Like I was growing frustrated. And so like that tipping point, like I, I kind of almost had to take my own walk away from the corporate world. I went and worked at a farm, worked at Big Ring Cycles in Golden, kind of part-time. Like, I went all, I drove all the way to Longmont to go work on, like, a garlic farm, like a guy's hobby farm, um, for a whole summer, and realized, okay, I don't want that, don't want the bike shop life, 
but I'm loving running right now. And I was training really hard and finding a, a way to kind of make that balance work. And I just, I, I had to trust that it was going to be okay. And I had to put myself into it and kind of put the pressure of got to make it right. Like there's no better pressure than no other option. Um, and that was the option that I decided to go with. Um, as a coach now, like if you're saying what's my defining moment or defining moments as a coach, I mean, I'm, I'm so blessed to have so many to choose from. Um, you know, 2016, uh, 13, 14 uh, girls uh, junior Olympic uh, cross country team won a national championship, which was just such a great group of girls. But then I think on the other side of that, now I'm watching all of them graduate this year. Um, by majority, I think all but maybe one uh, that was on that team that year are going to continue to pursue running. So it's like, man, where do, where do you want to start? Is it individual athletes? Is it, you know, for me as a youth coach, you get so many opportunities, which is such a blessing. So, I mean, that's, that's just one of many, many I could rattle on about. Katie? Yeah, I, I can think of definitely one, at least one that, uh, Ironman accomplishment that was just really beautiful to witness because I, I created such a great relationship with this athlete. She dropped like you know, 90 minutes or something, you know, crazy off Ironman time, which is a pretty significant accomplishment, even though it's over such a long period. Um, so, you know, there are those. Um, and then I particularly also love the youth athletes that come to our program that are like, you know, in that awkward stage of growth, they're like 12 to 13. This tends to be boys typically where they're a little bit like pudgy. And you can just see over like a six week six month time span them just like really transform physically but the coolest part is their confidence I mean the, the biggest thing for me has always been sport has been like the confidence builder in myself and so I love like watching that in others so like when athletes ask me you know what am I going to get at the end of you know this experience working with you I, I actually said this to an athlete like six months ago. I'm like, you're going to walk to that race line a more confident version of yourself. And he's like, shoot, sign me up. You know, like that's, that's what I want them to, to experience. You know, they, they, they know what the race plan is. They know nutritionally what they need to have. They, they're confident in who they are because they put in the work and we've done it together. So there's so many examples, but really like the big drops in, you know, somebody's time is awesome, and then the phys physical changes that, that also provide confidence are awesome. Yeah, I think I think one thing about coaching, for those that are just listening to this, I know this is early on in the podcast of things, is that you don't buy coaching choosing to say, ooh, I'm going to choose the 30 minutes off my marathon package. I'm going to choose the, like, cool. who's, right? Like, that'd be great if you could choose how much time, like, you pay for each minute, like... Not, not probably a great business strategy, So, but it's, it's about finding something that you align with. Mm -hmm. And I think you know the question you have to ask yourself as the athlete is, is, is this person going to help me make an impact in my life, right? Like we talk about a better version of yourself. Are you going to walk uh -huh. away a better version of yourself by working with us? 
right? And that's where I think we've built such an amazing team of coaches. So super blessed and super proud of the team that we've built. Well, good transition because that's where <laughs> I was going to go next. Um, is So, yeah, not every coach manages other people. Um, you know, a lot just kind of work with individuals. So tell me a little bit about how you guys went from being coaches, maybe working with other people, to managing a team and running a business. Yeah, it is... Um, has not been an easy road. Not, not because we're bad at it. <laughs> I, I, I think the reality is, is that as business owners, no one prepares you for how, how, to, how to run a business. Because there is no manual. Which is, can be such a, a huge blessing, but also such just a, a, a mind meld of like, how do, how do I do this? What do I want it to sound like? And I think where we struggled initially... Because um, I, I believe in, in full transparency on this thing. It's like, we only ever envisioned it as the two of us, right? Like, we only ever saw this business as two people. And, you know, Katie and myself coaching. You'd coach Try. I was going to coach Run. And it's going to be a handful of people. It's going to be fun money for the weekends, right? And then it was like, oh, all of a sudden, like, we have a demand. And so once demand became a thing, it was like, well, we've got to hire some people to kind of help kind of manage this and I, I kind of wanted to break things off into sectors and like you know now it's like we're strategic about things you know things have calendars things have uh, different we have employees they have salaries like you know it's it's a it's completely different from what we envisioned when we started but you know I don't know I don't know what you have to add there because you you've been the the background and I've been the foreground I think in some ways <laughs> yeah I mean I think the only thing yeah I, I just would Definitely affirm the fact that uh, leading and managing a team has been one of the hardest like, things that we've done. Yeah. Leading athletes, while hard, it's easy just to maintain that one-to-one relationship. You can call it a periodization. There's a plan. There's a, yeah. there's a plan. Like You can say, hey, yeah. here's this kind of set of yeah. things that we need to accomplish. You've got to show up every day and do this, where it's like, you can't follow a periodized plan to build your business. It's not that easy. It's not like mm-hmm. you can just do this thing and then the next thing... Oh, and then you you test it and punch it every time. Like you're gonna get set back for months. Yeah, yeah. But you know the the reason that we started to grow. Well, Zach was one of our Zach Baker. Shout out to Kalamazoo. Yeah. <laughs> he was uh, our first add on as a as a coach onto the lifelong team, and we continued to add because you know, that demand continued to increase and we saw the value of really having coaching conversations together. I mean, you, ever, anybody can be a coach on their own. It's pretty easy to start a coaching business on your own and your own LLC, but really there's a ton of value in, in being able to share, well, what would you do with this athlete and why would you do that and how would you periodize this yeah, person? Yeah, it's about sharing ideas and concepts and I think what we've always viewed as one of the greatest, I guess, kind of core skills is that there's no right way there's theories and then there's practice mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so and so katie i know you do a lot of work with other business owners do you want to talk a little bit about that and how you shared what you've learned yeah um so we we started uh we, we went full-time three years ago so 2017 uh, Andrew and I doing this business without any other salaries. Um, and at that time we were a little curious about like, 
what kind of level do we actually want to get to? How would we get there? I think we need some outside eyes on like what we're doing. So we had hired and joined business coaching groups and found a ton of benefit from them. Um, so did that uh, with Revenue Tribe. And uh, after a while, um, I was asked if I wanted to join that team because I do have a passion and interest in business side particular. I love like the back end of what we do. <laughs> Uh, as Andrew mentioned, he's more the the face of, of what we do, and I like to do all the behind the scenes. And I particularly want to work and help other endurance or fitness industry, any, anybody really in human performance, understand how to grow their business, think strategically about their business, um, help lead their team. So this is... Yeah, this is just something that's, that's sparked my interest in the past about year, year and a half. And it's been a really, really fun connecting on a deeper level with a lot of other endurance coaches that I've gotten to know through, you know, Training Peaks coaches or mm -hmm. it's just been, it's been a, a great blessing. Yeah, I think, and, and shouting out there to also Training Peaks. Training Peaks has been a, a, an amazing, like, partner in what we do, you know, whether it's it's being asked to speak at a conference like ECS, that was probably one of the scariest things I went through. And like, you know, like feeling like, oh, people people want to know what I think. Like, you know, seeing that as like a kind of a chapter of our coaching world, I think, which was really cool. Um, to doing roundtables and doing some things like that, so it's been it's been a really cool thing. But being an ambassador with them, I think, has really shown me that like, oh. This is a place where I feel valued, where when I was in the corporate side of things, even though Training Peaks is a corporate company, um, I never felt valued. I never felt heard. I never felt like seen for like my outside-of-the-box kind of thinking as an engineer. Um, and this is where I get to shine with that, which is, I think, really, really cool. Plus, owning my own business. They're like, hey, there's other people that want to be you. And I'm like, really? <laughs> like, okay. You know, here's some thoughts. So, Yeah. That's great. So, of course, this podcast is Defining Endurance, so we'll end with our question. How do you define endurance? Okay. Yeah, I can kick it out. I mean, um, to me, endurance means being in things for basically the long haul, right? I mean, I don't do crazy 100-mile running races <laughs> like Lexi and <laughs> all, the other people we coach. all the other people we coach. But, um, but it, it truly, like... The, the name Lifelong Endurance in particular, like the reason that I was excited when Andrew thought up that name was I want my athletes to be in healthy lifestyle, be in sport for the long run, right? Yeah. I, I don't care if, like, I, well, I'd love to maintain a coaching relationship with them. I, like, if they want to go do, like, uh, soccer leagues or, like... I, Whatever they do, I just want them to like take whatever they've learned from the experience with me and and continue to shift their interests or however. Because my opinion is, if you're going to be in this little long haul, which is you know till I'm sixty, seventy, I yeah, there's going to be years where t there's going to be tough motivation. There's going to be years mm -hmm. where I'm you know not as into triathlon, but I'm into biking. There's going to be like there's going to be years where I just need a year off. Like, but that's just being like an overall endurance athlete who's who's committed to the overall journey of of improving yourself as an athlete and as a person so that's kind of my definition of like endurance 
Yeah, I think the thing that I love about this question is that it, it does change with time and reflection on it. I think, for me, defining endurance has always been about having having a vision and sticking towards it, right? Like, whether that's kind of, you know, believing that on the backside of my parents' divorce that I would be able to kind of come and see both those people for who they are again, struggling in the moment, and then seeing the bigger picture at the, at the finish line. And that finish line for me was moving away on my own in college. I think it's got a lot of metaphorical value to racing. There's a lot that you don't see when you start those things. So for me, it's, it's about, you know, about sticking through the really tough stuff. Um, and, and just almost kind of bearing all that it's giving you. Um, I think so much of that is people call that suffering, but that's learning. Um, you know, however you see it. So for me to define endurance is really to define the act of just humanity in some ways. All right. And so finally, where can people find you in the social media world or anything yeah. else? I'm, uh, I'm on Instagram probably the most. I, uh, I'm there at coach underscore Simmons runs, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Coach Simmons runs is the, is the Instagram handle. Uh, Andrew Taylor Simmons, my full name, uh, on Facebook, and uh, that's really the two places I tend to hang out most. Um, Katie? I'm at Katie Wooden on Instagram, um, and then Katie Wooden on Facebook. Yeah. Great. Easy, easy to find. <laughs> well, thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate Absolutely. it. Thanks. And Thank you. we're looking forward to hearing more from both of you later on. Yeah, total treat. <laughs>